ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, April 14th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer coming up on the program. We're going to talk to John Mercer, Marshall's tennis coach. Want to catch up with him. We haven't done that in a while. Talk to him, of course, about the season lost and everything involving life now in quarantine during a pandemic and everything else that's going on with him. So we're going to catch up with John here in the next few minutes. And, of course, we'll go over all the sports news of the day. Some good news to tell you about. As we start the program, Marshall men's basketball junior guard Jared West named to the Sport Spirit of Service Award, the Winter Sport Spirit of Service Award. He is a recipient announced by Conference USA today. And he was involved in like a lot of community service activities, going to schools to read to young students. Of course, he does a lot of things that maybe you notice, maybe you don't. I'll give you an example. I'm sitting underneath the luxury box, sky porch, whatever you want to call that. And I sit underneath there, usually staying after the game. We've got our post-game broadcast, and we graciously get to do that on campus. So we're doing that, and I'll look out sometimes, and I'll see a guy like Jared West just there for 15 minutes or so. I'm I'm going on the air. And he's still there. He's signing autographs, and he's talking to kids. And so those things don't go unnoticed. So he is a guy that really likes to give back, do things. I mean, he's a two-time Conference USA Commissioner's Honor Student Athlete. Also, you look at his performance on the court, amazing season for him. Hopefully the next season, when we get to it, hopefully will be even better. But – He's named Marshall's Winter Sports Service uh, Spirit of Service Award recipient. So that's pretty impressive for him. That's a mouthful, but it'll look good on the trophy, the plaque, wherever they're going to put that. Also, here's an interesting story that I wanted to talk to you about. You know the horse competition I talked to you about the other day and just how terrible it was? Now, it did okay in comparison to other things that were on, but it didn't do okay as well. It drew 686,000 viewers for ESPN. Now, this was the number one sports program of the day. However, it didn't finish on top of a lot of things. Lots of news programming beat it. Lots of reality programming beat it. Some of those reality programs were on TLC. Nobody was tuning into this thing is what I'm getting at. Only few shows sporting-wise that are really attracting more viewers would be the wrestling programs. SmackDown did well. AEW on TNT. It did better than this. Not by much, but it still did better. 
And of course, they're still going to be doing live WWE programming because they're going to be in Florida and apparently they're an essential service. So they get away with doing this. I know AEW is doing a lot of taped matches or a lot of pre-production. Still, you got to be in close contact with people. I don't know how that's going to work here in the upcoming months. But right now, these programs are still presenting new programming. And I like the classic stuff as much as anybody else. And we've got more for you. We've got classic football for this week. We've got classic baseball. We're going to offer up our own slant on all of this. And I like some of the classic programming as well. But for me, it's got to make sense. And, of course, we got Pirates baseball coming up tomorrow, classic style. We're talking about the World Series in the 70s, 1976. We have got football coming up tonight and on Thursday at 8 o'clock. We'll tell you more about about that later as we get closer to the end of the program but this was live programming it just looked terrible on television it wasn't done well now i get it i understand we are dealing with a situation where i just can't send out a film crew to do this right instead you got to put your phone on a tripod and do something make it work pixelated video it's not good and so if this was entertaining, I think I could have overlooked a lot of the production problems. To be honest with you, if it was good, if it was worth watching, but I mean, come on. This, not good. The 2K, not good. The iRacing, minus one drop of a word that you should not drop on television, internet, or otherwise. Other than that, iRacing's been good. iRacing has been, I think, outstanding. And that's been interesting to follow. So I applaud ESPN for trying. I really do. But I'm going to need something else. And to be honest with you, it's not looking good for live sports anytime in the future. College programs are looking at cutbacks. Medical officials are anticipating that we've got a long way to go before we even get to a point where we can have sports again, especially have sports as far as crowds, especially crowds. Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel, he spoke as part of a New York Times panel. He was part of the Obama administration on health policy and the Affordable Care Act, said that he didn't think that large gatherings would be possible until after a vaccine and widely distributed every ways. So unless a vaccine is widely distributed, we're looking at 12 to 18 months. So what's that mean? That means we might not have football. We might not have large gatherings of sports. And I don't know if they're going to be able to play college athletics in an empty football stadium. I don't know. Are we going to be able to play college basketball? I don't know. And that's going to be a answer that we're going to see maybe down the line, but I don't think we're going to get back to normal right away because there are a lot of facets to this because here's the question. Do you open things up fully? Do you do a partial opening up, relax restrictions, still practicing social distancing, relax certain restrictions on businesses and other places come on we're all going to walmart right now we're all going to the grocery store certain businesses are open because they're deemed essential however if you put a lot of people in a group to watch a football game what's the health risk there that's the big question so we got a long way to go 
When we come back from break, though, I think we're going to have some fun. we got John Mercer joining us, Marshall's tennis coach. He'll be with us on the program later on. We'll talk more about what's happening and get your thoughts as well. You can also find me on social media, at Paul Swan. That's a great place to find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Best place to find me today if you want to chime in on today's edition of the show. More on the way here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition. The drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I want to welcome to the program now. He is the head coach of the Marshall Tennis Team, John Mercer. And we're going through our entire Rolodex of coaches, John. It's your turn. You've got to be on the program today. I mean, we've had Ari on. We've had – I mean, everybody's coming on. You're next. That's awesome. Get them all on there. Yeah, but – I you, thought I was second on the list, though. I was right behind Ari, right? Um, we had Ari on. I think, yeah, I think the last coach we had on was Ari. Then we had some football players. We had a couple of uh, other people, basketball. Uh, I mean, I'm not just going to call you up randomly. You know, you're going to have to come on the program and, and – you're going to have to carry 20 or 30 minutes, so I'm not just going to do it casually. There you go. Yeah. All right. I'm up for it. Yeah, because, you Let's know, the go. great thing about us is we can actually just talk about sports and we can talk about tennis secondary. I mean, even though that's your job, uh, the fact of the matter is you are probably struggling as much as I am right now because we don't have hockey. Yeah, it's uh, it's an issue. So, uh, you know, I just have to watch some on the, uh, you know, computer games and, uh, you know, all the video stuff and uh, watch some old reruns. So some of those are good. You get to pick the games that you win, I guess. So that's positive. Are you watching computer video game hockey simulations? <laughs> are you doing that? I haven't done my effort yet, but it might be up soon. So trying to get my sports fixed, as we all are. I hopefully haven't um... – well, let's just put it this way. I've watched the NASCAR stuff, and I've casually looked at a couple of the NHL things. Uh, the NBA stuff has been terrible, all of it. And I'm hoping we get to something sooner than later because I think we're going to run out of material soon. They seem to be stretching. I don't know. The horse game on ESPN, was that was a little bit of a stretch, I think. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, they'll turn some corners here. But um, I don't know. I'm missing my baseball. So I always enjoy that here in the spring. So it doesn't seem the same without, you know, the early season baseball in April. But uh, I'm missing my tennis, of course. So we would be getting close to winding up our season about right now. So uh, it seems really strange. Let's talk about that. With fall sports still to come, hoping that we get to those, winter sports abruptly end, spring sports pretty much your season's over before it really gets started. Just talk about some of the challenges here because you've got to contend with players that lost years, getting them back. Is that feasible? You're not in a, a bad situation compared to maybe some other teams at other schools across the country. You're pretty good when it comes to your numbers, and this might actually be a blessing to disguise, maybe? Uh, kind of. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because my bosses were actually like you were one of the more difficult ones, uh, simply because uh, we were dealing with uh, a couple international players that are coming in uh, the fall who'd signed NLIs. We had three that were coming in. 
we have a fifth year senior who needed one more year to finish her graduation, so she was coming back. And we had one young lady, uh, Madison Riley, the report from us, who uh, was actually had just concluded was completing her first year of graduate school. She was a grad transfer, and she completed her first year of graduate school. So she actually gets another year back. So our issue became because some of the kids who are coming from Europe. They're not sure uh, whether you know there'll be travel uh, come August, whether they'll be actually allowed to leave their countries, uh, fly here, uh, come into this country. So there's a lot of different moving parts right now. So we weren't exactly sure where we need to be scholarship-wise, uh, like total number of scholarships. So uh, you know that took uh, a lot of thought, a lot of work. Uh, uh, it looks like actually the way it's going to work out is we are going to have our – we had seven on the roster uh, this past spring. Uh, all seven will be back, uh, the two, the one who's a fifth-year senior and the one who's in graduate school. They're selected to come back and uh, want to do that. So we actually have our entire roster back that we had this past spring, plus we'll be adding the three freshmen if they can get here come August. If they don't get here in August, they'll be here in January, I'm sure. So uh, we'll have a, a full team of players. Uh, so that's where we are right now. It sounds like Marshall has been pretty good about making sure to work with student-athletes because there are some institutions that have said, okay, you might be eligible, but you're not coming back. If you come back, we're not paying for scholarships. You've seen those stories across the country because athletic departments are trying to figure out how to deal with everything. And so it sounds like you know nobody's really been told, "Hey, thanks, but no thanks uh, anytime soon." Here at Marshall, right? Yeah, I think it's uh, you know it's everybody here wants to give them the opportunity to come back. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, they don't want that to happen. Uh, the issue, of course, comes back to how do you pay for it. So, uh, you know, which was kind of a little hard to swallow from the NCAA because they kind of were willing to grant everybody and just kind of say up front, uh, hey, you know, you can all have that extra year, you can have that year back, but they weren't willing to pay any of the bill. They kind of said, well, the schools was not really telling anybody that. Uh, you know, you saw all these reports, yeah, that was nice of them to do this, nice of them to do that. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, it all comes back to the schools. And now all of a sudden it's like, how do you pay for that, uh, you know, as far as a school? And, of course, you know, that's something that, you know, every university, it's a unique situation. So, and, you know, it's definitely unique here. Uh, you know, basically, you know, we're kind of working on it. I'm basically just going to have the same allotment of scholarships as I normally do. Uh, so they didn't add any, they didn't subtract any, but we're able to get everybody, uh, all, uh, 10 people. We have one who is a Jaeger scholar, so she doesn't count against us, but then the other nine, we're able to kind of swing it where we can, uh, have them all be on the team. So it, it's, it's unique to each school. So you just don't know where everybody is. You don't know how many seniors they have. You don't know. Uh, I don't know. You, you really have to talk. I mean, you can't really hold anybody <laughs> to the fire on their decisions uh, with probably out without knowing what you know their exact situation is because every school is just so different. You, you would think that they would be a lot of commonality, but uh, having seen what I've seen over the years, I think you know, every situation is different. So, how are you holding up and handling this? Because you've just lost a season. And I know coaches are trying to stay in touch with their players at the same time. 
you're practicing social distancing? Are you, are you having virtual get-togethers? Are you having cooking classes uh, using <laughs> Zoom conferencing? I know Ari is. Are you? Uh, we're not that hard. Hard. <laughs> uh, we uh, we unfortunately, you know, we'd come off. We've talked about before. We come off two seasons that were pretty difficult seasons. And this year we were actually 11 and four, and uh, with three of our losses coming against teams in the top 50, uh, you know, in some close matches, and actually losing the other one to Penn State on the road, in which we actually had match point to win the match, and our girl caught a ball out, and it was overruled by the umpire. Uh, it was in a third set tiebreaker, and she ended up losing the tiebreaker. So we were literally one point away from uh, probably being back in the top 50. But, uh, you know, so we had a lot of real positive stuff going. I mean, we felt really good. Our players were in a good, good position and a good uh, playing well. They were really improving as the season was going along. Uh, we really felt great about the whole thing. Uh, you know, once it kind of, you know, all this kind of came came about, uh, you know, obviously that, you know, health became the number one issue. And uh, I think, you know, from, from our standpoint, it was kind of getting some of the kids home. We actually have one of the girls still on campus, uh, which is kind of an interesting story. Uh, she's from the Ukraine, so there was a tough decision to make there. Uh, it was an interesting route to she was going to have to get home. <laughs> so she ended up staying on campus. Uh, but, uh, we just, you know, we just kind of let them go. Uh, you know, they were a team that's, uh, I think we had a 375, 38 GPA in the fall. Uh, they're all very de- dedicated students. Um, so we're not really concerned about that. So, uh, really, I mean, I just stay in touch with them about once or twice a week, uh, just kind of check in, make sure they're all healthy. Uh, there was a little concern from, from my standpoint that, uh, you started to hear, uh, which is a heck of a coincidence. Uh, you know, this all kind of started in up in uh, you know New York, uh, in that Queens area, and started mid February. And guess where we were mid February in New York, <laughs> literally playing at Fordham in Queens, in the middle of Queens. Uh, that's where we were. But it seemed like uh, you know we really didn't have any issues. So hopefully that's true. Uh, or I don't know, maybe they were so young that no one ever really, you know, picked up on it and no one really noticed anything. So uh but yeah, I mean that's what we're doing. You know, we're just you know, kinda of trying to stay in touch with each other and uh you know, nothing too official. Uh I'm sure some of them uh well I know some of them are trying to hit, but you know, of course it comes down to an issue for, you know, facilities, you know, if uh, like Liz who's up in uh, the Chicago area, she can't hit at all because you can't get down any courts anywhere. So, you know, that's an issue. So it just depends on where you are. You know, some people can kind of get, get – there's some open courts you can get on. But uh, right now we're just kind of really in shutdown mode, uh, trying to enjoy enjoy their time off and do the schoolwork and hopefully you know, start gearing up as the summer goes along. John Mercer's with us, Marshall women's tennis coach. Is it going to be easy to get everybody back to where they need to be since – this is such a individual sport with a team concept. I mean, doubles are a team, but still that's right. a pairing. Is it going to be easier because you're going to be working one-on-one or they can, if they can find a way to maintain, get back up to speed, or do you anticipate once we do get back to tennis, 
there's going to be a lot of work to get this team back to where they were. What do you anticipate? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you know, it'll be good to, you know, the seven that we have coming back. Uh, you know, there are two freshmen in that group. Uh, you know, Utah, who is uh, from Belgium and was one of the players who had entered the national rankings in the doubles, along with Liz Stefanczyk uh, from Chicago. Uh, and, uh, they, like I said, you know, a lot of it is fitness oriented. It's like getting them back up to speed fitness wise. Uh, they've all really played so much tennis in their life that, uh, that, yeah, I don't think it'll take too long to kind of get them back to hitting the balls. Uh, it's more about, you know, getting back to the fitness level that we had you know, pretty much established over the fall and going into the, the spring. I felt like that had really improved from the year before. So, uh, you know, hopefully that won't take too long. Hopefully, you know, for all of us, you know, this won't go on for another six months. <laughs> uh, but that'll be the main thing is just getting them back fit and, uh, you know, ready to go from that standpoint. And then experience-wise, again, like, you know, we've already had that tough period where, you know, the majority of them were younger, you know, freshmen and sophomores. And, uh, you know, we had that difficult season the year before where we were just so young and so inexperienced, and we've kind of battled through that. They kind of know what's what's already there. And then we'll get the benefits as those seven are back, and they'll get to introduce the the three freshmen, so it won't be such a necessity that those three freshmen are already playing at a you know, really high level coming in. You can kind of you know bring them along, which I know at this point none of them are playing, uh, and they're all struggling with that concept of not hitting any balls. But where they're from, it's just completely shut down. Uh, you know, they're not doing anything. So, uh, you know, unfortunately. John Mercer joining us on the program, Marshall Women's Tennis Coach. The shutdown definitely has impacted uh, not just what you do, but the university, the athletic department, how do you, or how how is your sport, how is the administration, how are you tackling this? Because tennis is, other than the players on the court, and you're concerned about everyone's health and safety and well-being. And so I don't even offer this in any way to su- suggest that we could get away with playing tennis where we can't play football. But if anything, tennis is a sport where you've got such a small footprint of people on the court do you see any possibility that this is a sport that can come back anytime soon? I mean, because there's questions that we might not see football in the fall and large gatherings. Uh, I haven't heard any rumblings about that. Uh, uh, you know, it is interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've spoken to Brooke, but, you know, of course, you know, for a long period of time, everybody was being encouraged to exercise, you know, still get outside and, you know, walk, run, you know, just try to keep your mental sanity and get some exercise, stay fit or whatever. And uh, to the sports, you know, if you call the state hotline, to the sports they were encouraging people to still participate in were golf and tennis. Uh, just because, you know, it, it's not really difficult to keep uh, a distance of six feet. You know, you're 76 feet away normally, <laughs> 74 feet away, you know, on a tennis court. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, if, if they really kind of broke it down, I guess, you know, if you want, it's not a contact sport, I guess that's what the word we're looking for. Uh, you know, it's not a contact sport, so, you know, there'd be very little issue. Uh, maybe you might have an issue with the ball. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you could just make sure that after the match is over, you just, you know, clean your hands or whatever. But, 
yeah, I mean, you could, you, you know, you definitely could. I know, uh, you know, that's it's, it's definitely a thought that enters our household, <laughs> you know, from the standpoint of, hey, you know, we've got some space here and, you know, we're not, you know, stepping on each other's feet trying to play our sport. So, uh, but I don't know if they'll look at it that way and kind of look at different sports and go, hey, you know, this one would probably be, you know, a safer one to return uh, at this point. Or, you know, I think where you're going to run into more problems is, you know, probably the travel because that's where you're running into you're putting, you know, teams, some teams take buses, some teams take vans, like we take vans a lot. But, you know, also now you're putting eight people, 10 people in a van, 15 passengers in a van, and you're driving over to Charleston or you're driving to Charleston, South Carolina, you know, you better hope that nobody's sick. So I don't think the actual playing of sport would be that hard to, you know, stay healthy. It would be more of the other things that come along with it, the travel, the eating, everything else. John Mercer's with us, Marshall tennis coach. And that's a good point you bring up because travel is different for everyone. And you're busing a lot of places. You're traveling by car. And that's another concern. Travel, I would think that your schedule, you can be a little bit more flexible in your future schedule if need be, because everyone's going to have to be flexible with this. It's not as rock solid as, okay, if you don't play this football game on this date, you can't make this up for the most part if you push the season back. Do you anticipate that tennis is flexible enough to come back whenever, if there has to be a schedule adjustment, a season adjustment, you know, playing in a different month, right. is is that something that you think that tennis can be a little bit more flexible upon, or is that going to be based on institution to institution? Right. Well, I think what you find, I mean, normally our schedule is, is that we start, we're kind of a weird sport. In fact, that we, we literally play almost all year. <laughs> so, you know, our schedule normally starts, uh, you know, right after Labor Day, we start practicing. We'll play till the second week in November. Uh, and then, you know, you get Thanksgiving break, and then they come back and take finals, and they go home, and then the day that they come back, you have your first day of practice, and literally the end of that, that first weekend after practice, we're usually playing. I mean, we're, I know we're at Kentucky. Uh, right now, that's on the schedule to play that time at, at Kentucky. And then you're literally playing all the way up to the end of the semester, you know, till the end of April. Uh, if you make the NCAA tournament and get involved in all that, you're playing till the end of May. Uh, so I think it's going to become, you know, obviously in the fall we have a it's a little different the dual match schedule when we're lining up and playing, you know, school against school, just you know, one on one team stuff. That's all in the spring. Uh, so you know, obviously we'll have to see what's happening come January. You know, if they decide to move football to January, uh, we'll be competing against football. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, we could definitely, you know, fall season we're usually playing four or five tournaments where we're just it's all travel. You're going to tournaments like this year. Uh, we have scheduled last year was the first one we'd done. We'd done a, a co-host of a tournament over in Charleston. Uh, right now, we're still planning on scheduling that. Uh, we, you know, we have a meeting this Friday as far as you know working on the logistics. Uh, a lot of people in Charleston have wanted to get involved in uh, helping uh, put that together, which is really nice of them. And uh, you know, we're we're working on that. But obviously, you know, just having like four dates in the fall, four tournaments, you could shut those down if you needed to. You just wouldn't play them, and then you would just start your spring schedule. 
So do we have flexibility? It's probably more a matter of just just waiting until everybody says, "All right, ready, set, go," <laughs> uh, and you can you can start you know playing your traveling and, and playing your schedules, and then we probably just jump into it wherever. Uh, you know, wherever we're scheduled at that point. Uh, the spring stuff gets a little tough in the fact that uh, most of the conferences, we don't, but most of the conferences actually have a regular season conference schedule. Uh, so you get into the SEC, the ACC, all those conferences. I know they're doing a lot of, uh, depends which conference you talk to, the ACC elected to uh, go ahead and just skip this past year's schedule. And they're going ahead with their 21 schedule that they already had planned out. And I know the SEC did the opposite. They're actually redoing their 20 schedule uh, since they just you know, started it, uh, their regular season schedule. They're, they elected to just go back to it and, and start, you know, start it over again. And that's what the schedule they'll play in 21 is actually their 20 schedule. So, you know, those schools, you know, probably you know, be pretty tough. But, you know, with all the travel and everything that's involved, it's pretty tough to just, like, reschedule everything because you're kind of – normally you're dealing with air flights and, um, you know, bus schedules and things like that. But uh, And then even if you're trying to change dates, usually you have other teams that are booked to come either here or you're going somewhere else, you know, you know that same weekend. So it's not like you can cancel on somebody and – slot another team in there and so on so uh you know it's probably gonna be a matter of just when everybody just feels comfortable to go then that's when they're gonna go john mercer's with us marshall's tennis coach quarantined away from pittsburgh sports completely none for you sir uh there's the draft <laughs> hey we have the draft though we can we can yell at each yeah. other draft time yeah yeah so that's exciting Tua. Is he going to go or no? Is he going to go second? Uh, Burrow is going to the Bengals. And <laughs> just that's all you need to know. Joe Burrow is going but to the Bengals. you really want to do that. That's the question. So. <laughs> I mean, they could take two and make a mistake. They're going Burrow, okay? Yeah. No, you can go Burrow. I'm just feeling for two there. I mean, you're walking into a conference with or into a division with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Yeah, no, forget Cleveland. Just forget Cleveland. It's Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Who? Oh, Cleveland. Oh, yeah. yeah Look at this way. With the playoffs being expanded, <laughs> now the Bengals have a chance, so we're good. Yeah. I hope they had a lot of draft picks. <laughs> It's going to be good. There's going to be extra football for everybody. We're going to see the Bengals in the playoffs. And without Marvin Lewis coaching the Bengals in the playoffs, they might win a game. So it's all good. I don't know. I don't know how, how – I don't think you've ever had a division with – with this new format that's coming out, could you literally have four teams from the same division all make the playoffs? That's a good question. Now, the thing here is – the top seed gets the the first week by, and okay. everybody else right. has got to play. Right. I know last year they said if they used that format, the Steelers would have been in. Yeah, that's right. I think the Steelers would have been in. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. I wonder if you could, yeah. This is the Steeler oh. rule. Remember, we well, had one year where you had yeah. the Bengals, was it the Steelers, Ravens, and Bengals all in because one won the division, the other two were the wild card? Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. it can happen. I mean, that, that has happened a fair amount. Yeah, and then the Bengals have, have had to play the yeah. Steelers in the wild card, which I thought was completely unfair. Yeah, and then we knocked, was that the year that we knocked out the quarterback? I mean, Kimo Von Olhoffen uh, beat, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, beat up my quarterback that year, Carson Palmer. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that vividly. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't think I remember that. Yeah, I remember Kimo Von yeah. Olhoffen. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl that year, right? Yeah, I think they did they win the, the six, Super Bowl. Sixteen. That was when the bus. 
Yeah. One in Detroit. Yeah, that was a Super yeah. Bowl year. That would have been the Bengals yeah. Super Bowl year, but uh, again, Carson Palmer yeah. got mugged by by Kimo von Olhoffen. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I mean, I like, I like you, John, but I don't like your football team, okay? I'm just going <laughs> to say that right now. I'm just going to be up front with you. I mean, oh, your hockey team's fine. Your baseball team, you know, we carry their games. They're cool. I've met them. They're nice people. Yeah. Your football team, no. No. Yeah, they're not nice people. Um, so. I don't care if they're nice people. I, I don't want to give them the opportunity <laughs> to be nice people. I just don't uh, like them. They, they definitely want to. That's for sure. I tell you what, if, kind if of the nature of the game, though, if the Pittsburgh so. Steelers, if every Pittsburgh Steeler rescued a puppy, I, I would probably <laughs> then might have something for them. But uh, I, I'm talking everybody on that team has to rescue at least two puppies. Yeah, yeah, two, huh? Two. Boy. Minimum. Yeah. Two well, puppies minimum. If I run into any of them over the summer, I'll pass out along. Okay. Give them a, give them a challenge. How about that? There you go. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell them. We'll talk trash after so. the draft for sure. I'll just make fun of those. Uh, I'll make fun uh, of those yeah, draft picks. We don't have a first-round pick, though. <sighs> do but you need I it? I like that guy we got. This pack, I mean, that guy's good. Yeah, I'm going to say, do you need a first-round pick? Do you need a first-round pick? Do we need a first-round pick? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it doesn't hurt. So, but, you know, I don't know, offense, ah, running back. I don't know. That's how James Conner is doing. I mean, you can get a running back anywhere. Durability. Running backs are a dime a dozen. You know that. You can get a running back anywhere. Yeah, that's true. You can kind of get away without having a super, superstar. But I don't know. You have some of these receivers work out, too. And they need an alignment. So we'll see how well they draft they lost, them. They lost a couple. Yeah, they lost a couple. So We're going to see but how they well they draft. Them. Yeah. Uh, they're usually pretty good. They're okay. So, they're all right. They always find those receivers. That's about it. And we got Big Ben back. You can have him back. That's huge. They say he's throwing better than ever. That's great. I mean, I can't wait for That's him great. to lose to Joe Burrow. I can't wait. I feel unbelievable. I don't know. You know, I feel really good about the field you think. So that is a tough season. Yeah, this is going to be a tough season for you because this might be their year and That's- we might not get to see it. Yeah, that defense is. They were rocking and rolling last year, and they were ready to take another step. Everybody had their whole year. So, yeah, hopefully, I don't know, might draft a quarterback. We'll see. John Mercer joining us. All right, we got to get uh, – we're about out of time. Uh, we will do this again because you're on the short list. Sounds great. And we got the NFL draft to talk about, so we'll do that uh, when we next get together. That's coming up in a week or so, so we, we'll have that uh, to talk cool. about. And uh, I've yeah. got a suggestion for you. I want to see – I want to see John Mercer playing uh, Xbox or PlayStation Tennis, live streaming that. That'll be our – I want to see that. <laughs> now, my two friends, they've got it down. So, they're big time. I want to see that happen. So. You know, I don't, care, I don't care if it's Mario <laughs> Tennis. I want to see that happen. Uh, this is a high State guy. They play way too much of the video games up there. I tell you that right now. <laughs> my son came back. He's just, he's just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there in Columbus, but I don't know. Too much money. Just, That's what it is. Too much money up there. They, yeah, I don't know. They they live in a different world up there in Columbus. I tell you that. Yeah, they do. So, his his uh, video games still really improved uh, during the course of the year. So I'm a little suspicious of what was going on. So we'll have to see. Tell I'll get to goodness. the bottom of it and let you know. Thank you. That that that'll be key. John Mercer joining us on the program. Thank you, sir. We'll do it again. Uh, thank you. Talk to you soon. That's John Mercer. Quick timeout. We come back. We wrap it up here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Paul Swan, your host here on this Tuesday edition 
one thing from the NCAA that came out today, and of course, uh, with the COVID-19 outbreak, a lot of people are trying to figure out what you can do, what you can't do, and it seems like virtual workouts are now going to go away. The NCAA has come out and basically said that you can't do that. That's impermissible. And really citing safety concerns as one of the main reasons to ban virtual workouts. Now, I don't know what 100% counts for them as a virtual workout. I'm only concerned as a just a follower of sports and understanding that if you've got kids who are working out by themselves, trying to keep in shape, trying to stay, um, I guess, as ready as they possibly can, and you've got the resource where someone can assist them, I don't know where the health and safety concern is, because I don't think that someone who is concerned about the health and well-being of these young men and these young women, as far as assisting them, I don't know where the concern is. I think I would rather have someone guiding me. Do you think um, you think they're concerned that maybe uh, schools are taking advantage of this situation and they're doing things that might not be smart? I don't know where the pushback here is, so I can't really speak too much on it, but I do know this, that... One way to communicate with student athletes and trying to keep them together, you know, this is the NCAA saying, no, this type of workout you can't do. And I'm sure they've got their reasons, and they can probably cite several examples of why it's a bad thing. Uh, I'm trying to get some more clarification on this, exactly what is permissible, what can be done with these student athletes. Again, you got to worry about the health and well-being of these young men and women. One way to do that is, of course, social distancing, quarantining, if need be. Not assembling in groups, not assembling in team activities, and I completely am on board with that. But at the same time, you got to maintain these kids' health and wellness and everything else. And if these kids are working out unobstructed, understand where there might be concern that maybe there is something that's not going to be good for them if it's just virtual again we're living in different times and i am trying to adjust on a daily basis uh, hey thanks for tuning in i appreciate it uh it's been fun to do it once again uh, tomorrow on the program john elmore is going to be with us on the program so that should be fun once again, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive. We will, of course, be back tomorrow. We'll do it better than yesterday, and we'll do it better than today. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.